truth is, I am Iron Man. Personality overview, Mr. Stark displays textbook narcissism. Agreed? Big man in a suit of armor. Take that off, what are you? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. I'm cold. I can tell. You know how I can tell? Because we're connected. Recall that? A hostile alien army came charging through a hole in space. We're standing 300 feet below it. We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but up there, that's... That's the game. How are you guys planning on beating them? Together. We'll lose. And we'll do that together, too. He's my friend. So was I. You throw another moon at me, and I'm gonna lose it. Dog. You know me? I do. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. My only curse is you. Canton the third, and this is Marvel Cinematic University. I am Iron Man. He's more than a character, more than a hero. He's a bookend statement, a statement that defines a decade plus of movies, an entire cinematic universe, in fact. Synonymous with leading a generation of movies that changed the genre and opened the doors for not only different comic book characters to come to life, it opened doors for storytelling that was superseded. Robert Downey Jr. is what we would call the godfather of the MCU. And while we could simply just say that and end the statement right there, there's more to the story. Tonight we look behind the scenes at the man behind the helmet. So let's introduce the panel. First, he produces his podcast and just went through a 24-hour marathon of Marvel movies that included Thor The Dark World and The Incredible Hulk and Elektra that deserves a mention in its own right. Sorry again. The one and only Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, you know. I recovered from all that, uh, you know, and I ended up raising $565 for charity. So uh, it was worth watching uh, those three terrible movies and a bunch of other good movies. So, yeah. <laughs> good job by you. Next, he's the quickest Photoshop trigger in the North as he produces more exponentially and critically. There's never a last dance with him. There's just dance. Jerome Chang, a.k.a. Black Dragon Roll, a.k.a. 2019 NBA champion Jerome Chang. Jerome, how are you? I'd like to respectfully remove that title while other people are on this call uh, for this episode. Thank you. Wait, I'm sorry. I heard you mention the Raptors and I tuned it out. So whatever yeah, no, you no, said, you're fair, good. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, <laughs> just, it went um, Jerome and then dead silence for a long time. So that's mm -hmm. actually, it was weird. We had a technical issue that just happened. I actually hear like, uh, like a really high pitch, just like, ee, whenever that shit <laughs> right, happens. Right, so right, I'm good. Right. 
And and that voice you hear in the background, finally, the prodigal daughter of this podcast returns with Burns. I remain convinced that she has the affinity gauntlet of takes ready to snap her fingers at any time. Is the artist with one name, Nita. How are you? Oh my God, you said my full first name. That's wild. Um, I'm fantastic. I also literally have a little Thanos hammer right there or the Thanos um, whatever. Gauntlet? Sorry, I'm caffeinated but not caffeinated enough. It's a bottle opener. Do you guys see it? It's right there. Yes, I, I do. I see it. <laughs> Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Sorry. Fantastic. So the reason that we're all here, we're doing a retrospective series uh, for the MC University podcast. Obviously, we're starting with Iron Man. And there are so many different topics that I wanted to get to, but I think I had a list of topics that I sent to all you guys. But there was one mm-hmm. thing that I left off the list that I want to ask first, because I think it's it's apropos. So, Nitsan, I'll start with you. So, when you okay. first got into the MCU and watched Iron Man, when was that? And uh, what was that experience like for mm. you? I honestly wouldn't even be able to tell you when I first watched it, because it was probably around the time that it first came out, but I think... Back then, it wasn't, because I didn't read the comics growing up, it wasn't as much of a moment as it is now, right? Because it was starting off, I don't think any of us really knew what it was going to be. Um, And yikes, I really wish I could tell you. I just like, I'm a really big RDJ fan. So aside from seeing him, I didn't necessarily recognize that Iron Man was going to be one of my favorite movie characters of all time, or that I would, you know, watch his movies, uh, like, so consistently, you know? (laughs) I have a question, actually. Did you watch Iron Man before or after you saw your one of your most favorite movies, Charlie Bartlett? Because I know you're a big fan of that movie. Shout out Charlie Bartlett in the. I think I saw Iron Man before. Okay. Okay. Because I also don't watch movies. I understand that. That's that's why it's weird that you've seen Charlie Bartlett. (laughs) (laughs) I love because it's because it's fucking Robert Downey Jr. and like you know you can only watch Iron Man and Iron Man two so many times and whatever Iron Man three. I know I haven't rewatched it in like years because Hmm. we know what it is. But you know what I mean. So you gotta find your RDJ Mm -hmm. fix somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Bet, bet, bet. Uh, Jerome, how about you? What was your experience like the first time you watched it? Uh, do you remember when you first saw it? I, I mean, I probably saw it when it actually came out in theaters because um, like, even before MCU became a thing, I was a big fan of just watching any Marvel film that came out. Um, I was familiar enough with Iron Man just as being a character that cameoed in like, honestly, quite honestly, more popular character shows and um series so to me it was just kind of like this is really interesting i don't know what's going to happen with it um robert downey jr i know he's a good actor that'll be cool uh that's like we talked about it all the time on the pod how um he definitely has had a lot of his own personal issues so uh seeing him on this like it was just kind of like a wild card we didn't know what was going to happen we knew he was a good actor but we just weren't sure and then on top of everything um cave scene happens and i'm just like yo this is this is a legit film like this actually looks really cool um i will say i remember from the trailers i was excited because even if like i think back then when you looked at a marvel film you weren't really looking for you're quite honestly not looking for something that would actually be a good comic book film like you just weren't looking for something that would necessarily be accurate to content you wouldn't be looking for um just something that would hit all the parts so you were just hoping like maybe they'll get the character right and i was pretty confident in um rdj doing that and then obviously it blew it out of the water absolutely absolutely jake how about you 
Um, honestly, I don't remember exactly when I saw it. Uh, I know it was um, at home sometime before Iron Man 2 because I saw Iron Man 2 in theaters. Um, so, but I, I mean, just go, looking back at it, um, uh, like I, I just remember distinctly um, thinking that it was I, – I guess the weird thing is a lot of people talk about how Iron Man was like a lesser superhero – and I think that that's true in terms of like the general consciousness, but like Iron Man came out when I was young enough where like, I guess like I can kind of remember before, obviously I have a lot of memories before Iron Man came out, but like when I think of superheroes, like I don't think of him as smaller because like, I think that I was not fully immersed in the comic book world. So it's like, I mean, I don't really know that much about Iron Man, but if they're making a movie about Iron Man, he must be big. He must be as big as the Fantastic Four. He must be a big Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I remember they made it, and it was really successful. I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course they made an Iron Man movie. I mean, I remember actually my first thought when I first saw the trailers were that his costume looks a lot like the Shocker, the villain for Spider-Man. And I'm like, that's kind of strange. That's my first memory of Iron Man. Anyway, this is a rambling way of just saying that, like, yeah. I saw it, and it didn't feel like a big deal. And I think that that's what made it such a big deal, knowing now how not important the character was really the fact that it was just like of course it's like x-men it's like spider-man of course there's an iron man movie yeah yeah you mentioned that you were young enough how young were you when this movie came out uh i was 12 (laughs) okay oh my god oh (laughs) you're not kidding i thought you were just throwing out that number to be kind of a douche no you were no also and it's you were like what I was like 13 or 14. Yeah, I was about to say. You always make fun of me for being young. Wait, it's like, did it you're... come out in 2008? I was yeah. Just... Yeah, 2008. Yeah, okay, 12 and 15 like, is I was a big... about to I understand that. I understand that. License, so I understand I was an that. adult already. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> I have my Shout driver's permit. Yes. Shout out to y'all youngins. Y'all hipsters. So for me, um, it's funny because I saw the movie when it first came out back in 2008. I think I remember at the time, and y'all know, like, I'm a big comic head, so uh, uh, for me, it was very interesting to see how that was going to go, and um, it exceeded all my expectations, and I just think everything was cool, and then you get up to the point where, you obviously, you see uh, a black Nick Fury in the post-credits, which is uh, pretty wild in its own right, and the Avengers initiative, and then when I hear that, it's just, it kind of changed like everything uh, in terms of what I thought. I thought this was just going to be like a one-off and maybe we could get a sequel or something like that. But who knew that back then, that in 2020, the four of us would be here talking about uh, this movie uh, launching 22, 23 films and not stopping anytime Look, soon. Nick just wanted to learn how to drive, okay? That's, that's all <laughs> we have to worry about. Yeah, you're asking us about what did we think when Iron Man first came out? Like, babe, I don't know, probably like thinking about when's my first kiss going to be? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you're right. Nobody knew that it was going to like, <sighs> like if you watch that movie back now, and you really yeah. try to take yourself out of it, that's not a movie that sets up a, like, 23-plus no. film franchise. The thing that For always sure. gets me whenever I watch it, honestly, is how 2008 it is. And, like, this is such like, a weighty, high term, but I think if you watch it, it's so obvious. It is so crazy in comparison to the rest of our movies how much of a Bush-era movie that movie is. Like, the war stuff, like, the way it's portrayed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. we just, because like, it felt like two years later, every all that stuff was still being portrayed completely differently. And so it, it almost feels like, uh, even though it's still the same character, it feels so separate from the rest of the MCU because just, like, tonally... And I think just, I think obviously because they didn't, they, they, in their wildest dreams, they wanted it to be a universe, but no one can say that they were sure they were going to make an Avengers movie when Iron Man came out. You know what I mean? No one, 
knew for sure. I mean, it's you would think back then it was really bold, not knowing that it was going to pan out. But then you still see DC movies trying to do it now, and well, I, you know, with Marty J too, right? Like that always that goes viral on Twitter every couple of months. Like how crazy it was that they bet a lot on Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Considering where he was in his career at that point, mm-hmm. and this was essentially his rehabilitation back into Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, this is a tangent that I've been thinking about a lot and then no, I'll let you no, get back ahead. to Iron Man. It's fine. It's fine. But it's, I mean, if you look at early Marvel, when somebody asks me why I don't necessarily think that Doctor Strange is in the same tone as Marvel was when they started, I always point to like, later in their later phases, they were picking actors that were already pretty established. They were rushing yeah. into things. When in the early days, they were betting on actors like Robert Downey Jr. And then all the guys that we know, like Cap, Scarlett Johansson, all of those weren't, these A-list celebrities back then. They weren't yeah. like the biggest. People forget Scarlett Johansson was in a really shitty place in her career mm-hmm. when Marvel came around. Because she was supposed to be like the big, after 2003 with Laws in Translation, it's like, oh, she's going to be really big. And look she's at her career from 2004 to yeah. 2010. And it's just like dog shit, dog shit, dog shit. A couple right. Woody Allen movies, which retroactively are dog shit, dog shit. Right. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, That's I think funny. people don't realize that it, it like it, and Robert Downey Jr. had a couple of success. I think that his performance at Zodiac the year before Iron Man is truly yeah. one of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie. But he still was not. He was still like, oh, my God, it's cool to see Robert Downey Jr. again. I hope he's doing good. You weren't looking at him to be a person to care, like be a movie star. Like, no, yeah, he's the third lead character. in that movie. Yeah, He's the third yeah. lead in that movie behind Gyllenhaal and Ruffalo. Yeah. That's wild. I, you know, it's funny. I think they withheld about 40% of his funds uh, for the first Iron Man of his salary. Yep. Uh, just due to the fact to wait and see. Yeah, they couldn't insure him. Right, wait, right, with the with the history and whatnot. So you know, again, it's kind of kind of wild. Um, since I talked about how long it's been since Iron Man came out, what do you think has aged the best about the character um, in this entire time, uh, from life to death? Uh, Jerome, what do you think? Um, this is kind of a dumb answer, but Robert Downey Jr age the like he's the most played out character in the series he does have character development over the course of it we should be sick of him by the by that point like he should be like a loki for example but um Ooh, the one like but he's just beloved and and it is a credit to robert downey jr it's a credit to not them not keeping the character stale but it's it's him himself that ages like spectacularly. Like I don't, it has no right to be the first movie and still be so loved at this point. You know, what's funny. I I do think civil war and uh, the Peter Parker relationship helped keep that character Mm -hmm. um, strong in in a sense, because it gave the whole mentorship role uh, that, that would kind of help propel the character continuously into Infinity War and Endgame. Earlier than that, AC, um, you might not like it, but I think Iron Man 3 added that layer that he needed. Like, I'm not even trying to troll you at that point, but, <laughs> like, one thing that they don't dive into because it's very Disney is, like, they don't get dark with Iron Man, and Iron Man has a really dark past yeah. when it goes, comes yeah. to the comics, and the closest you get to it is basically Iron Man 3. Yeah. 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 Uh, listen, Iron Man uh, well, to well, a degree too with the yeah, alcoholism. He, but, but like, yeah, he judges you drinks a lot, but they're never they never hide on the fact that Iron Man is like a notorious alcoholic. Yeah. Um, this is cover that's just wild. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh. Time, what do you think? Oh, everything Jerome said. I got literally no additions. He's like Robert Downey Jr. Aged like the brand of Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Iron Man is a character. 
for looking at it, and I'm sure that we'll touch on this later, Iron Man as like the threesome is weaker than Cap and it's weaker than Thor just by addition of Ragnarok because like that mm-hmm. to me like and puts it's a second it. or third tier character when this whole thing started. Exactly. And it's just yeah. like, but RDJ made Iron Man such a brand that just including him in a cameo in a movie made that movie infinitely more mm-hmm. successful. Yeah. Um, and it could only have been him that like really ended everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think, you know, the more I look back at it now, like I wouldn't have been satisfied if it wasn't RDJ that saved us all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Bet on that. Jake, how about you? Uh, I think that's something that I've been thinking about with it because I've been trying to look back at all my times watching the movies and stuff. Because unfortunately, I didn't get to revisit really any of them because uh, the you 10 movies try. that were voted on for my 24-hour marathon, none of them were Iron Man movies. Uh, so, um, Rude. I know. No one, don't, no one wanted to donate money for Iron Man nets. Uh, but anyway... Uh, so, I, I actually did, believe it or oh not. Oh, yeah, you did. You donated one, You donated $10 for Iron Man 3, but that was not one of the top 10. So. But Iron Man yeah. 3 is a good... This was a bad movie, 24-hour marathon. Right? No, it wasn't. No, it was supposed to be just... It was supposed to be any movie 10 MCU movies. But then like Jerome <laughs> asked, does it have to be MCU? And I didn't want to tell him no, so uh, he donated like to, $10 like for Electra. I myself on that one. I did not ask <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. No, I made, first... I made an yeah. offhand joke of uh, suggesting the 1998 movie... Avengers, which has which, to do which with is at all. based on a British uh, British spy TV it's show a, called yes, Avengers exactly. from the 60s. I just and I just what a psychopath. Only Jerome would you. know that. Thank okay, you. I mean, I, <laughs> well, no, Jake I mean, no, he, yeah. no, Jerome knows that I would also know that. That's, <laughs> That's true. why I picked That's it. That's true. Um, but I had picked it with the specific note saying, "I'm picking Avengers for you in the MCU version." But just know, in my mind, I'm thinking I actually want you to watch this. And then you said. If yeah, because yeah. someone else already picked Spider Man three in a donation, yeah. and thing is, if someone's gonna donate money to mm-hmm. a charity that I'm supporting, the last thing I need to do is be like, no man, you don't, you you, I get you said, yeah, I do whatever you say, you know, you donate money That's anyway. Though. And then, and then you so if, yeah. yeah, yeah, I like how I just like how quickly because I did it never crossed my mind until you asked the question. You just went like, fine, if it could be any Marvel movie, and like the second I read the message, like Electra. just do Electra right anyway. Away. Like, good luck with that. <laughs> so uh, so I didn't watch any Iron Man movies. But so I've been thinking a lot about um, my times I watched in the past. And I remember that I watched it my freshman year of college for a class about screenwriting. And the thing that I, that they, my teacher pointed out a lot, which I didn't notice the first couple times I watched it is that like Tony Stark is so much, obviously everyone would say, Oh, he's immature. He doesn't have responsibility. But like, it's not just that he doesn't like responsibility. Like he, if you watch him in Iron Man, he does a lot of things that like a, child does like a teenager like yeah. he still wears like t- kid t-shirts and like listens yeah. to the music he would listen to when he was 15 and so much and then in iron man 2 it kind of reveals like he has obviously issues with his dad he didn't really that his his whole like his core central um his original problem is the relationship with his father and i think that that's what makes his spider-man relationship so interesting on his side because his original problem is that he didn't have a close relationship with his father but then he grew so much that he was able to be the father figure for someone else and yeah. that's the he that that journey is so fascinating because he wasn't there because he regrets how he wasn't at his dad's side when his dad died holding him as he died but then when iron man died he had a son figure that was there holding his hand when he died because he had accomplished that that's a really nice arc yeah no that no it really is and and i and i think uh, i kind of will echo both yours and uh, uh and jerome's on the, on the idea that it's such a change from from the time where he's with a uh, yinsen in the uh in the cave um think about that just going back all the way back there and uh two avengers where steve rogers is questioned and 
and, and all that stuff and and going forward. So like I, I really like the fact that they they took the time to like really build out the build out the characters, flesh them out, uh, write them in a way that didn't make them stale at all. Uh, specifically, uh, obviously with Iron Man. So I, it's funny because I'm thinking because what what movie was I watching? I was watching um, uh, Civil War a couple weeks ago, and I think there's an emotional depth in that performance that is just so good uh, from Robert Downey Jr., especially when he realizes that Cap betrayed him. And um, I just think of moments like that that you probably wouldn't have gotten from the character um, in Iron Man or Iron Man 2. Um, to well, that point. I, mean, I think you, you can get it from him if the writing's there. I don't think mm-hmm. you get it with a lesser actor. Well, hold on. It's... Robert Downey Jr. can act his ass off and you mentioned writing, but that's what the MCU does so well is they do actually grow the character to the point in Civil sure. War where that emotional performance from him means something. Uh, just like, you know, a knock on DCU. I watched the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie recently. Shout out to and Harley they Quinn. try to have shout out to the character short, not to the movie or the franchise <laughs> or you at all. But they try to give them those kind of emotional performances or those comedic yeah. performances and they don't mean as much because they haven't taken the time to actually There's develop no that character properly. Yeah. yeah. They just throw it on them and it's like, okay, I don't really give a shit though. Versus yeah. like with Iron Man we do, and then you get like the very emotional performance of him in Endgame, right? When he comes back down to Earth and he's yelling at uh, at Cap about the fact mm-hmm. that they weren't together. He's like he's an exceptional actor, but it wouldn't mean as much if like he hadn't gone through all that shit that we've yeah. seen. Yeah, I think also it's just the idea that um, I think DC kind of has an approach of you know these characters, so that's your investment. Whereas Marvel actually went out of their way to create it for people who don't necessarily even read the comics. Like you, you can invest yeah. entirely in these characters in this universe without having to be like, Oh, the Mandarin is not played by, no, I'm kidding. I had to, it was too easy. Um, but no, no, but like for real, uh, you just, you just don't need to like, I, I, I always kind of like, we did this character bracket and I always, tend to just treat these characters based on specifically how they are in these movies and not think about like what their importance were was meant to be because it would be ridiculous because if we actually did treat it that way i know we have like almost like over a decade of changing that but iron man's not supposed to be important and now he is and that's a credit to this whole thing no 100 couldn't agree with you more so we talked about what aged the best what do you guys think has aged the worst about Oh, I, I got it. I got it. I got no, it. It's really, no, go ahead. it's really easy. It's just because it's what we talked about earlier. I think that as, and this is a good thing about the world, but a bad thing about the character generally, I think that, and I'm glad they started getting away from this, that very quickly the politics about turning a warmonger into a good person really got kind of got away from Marvel. And yeah. so they kind of stopped talking about the fact they used to sell weapons to terrorists yes. uh, pretty yeah, quickly, yeah. which I'm glad they do that. And like, that's just an unavoidable thing. Mm-hmm. But it's even like at the beginning of like Iron Man, where it's like, when he's showing off to the U.S. Army, it's like, I don't want the U.S. Army to have something that can kill that many. That's terrible. But uh, so, yeah, they, um, that age the worst when you think about it. Like, didn't this guy, like, this is probably responsible for more deaths than the people he saved. But, 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 you know. Uh, they, um, shut up. He snapped his arm. And that's true. That's universe. true. So, like, that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's fair. that's fair. That's fair. I was being hyperbolic. I apologize. Man Bug. snapped for you. And you're still bringing up his old tweets. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're right, though. Like, they really, they made that movie during a completely different 
yeah. time. For what it's worth, Twitter would do that. If this was a oh. real scenario, Twitter oh my would God. a thousand percent do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime if they are like mourning Tony Stark after the snap, like mm-hmm. that would have been a realistic in a Spider-Man Far Twitter From Home. actually will yeah. break down and try to side with Thanos tells you how much there would be Tony yeah. Stark truthers if that was a real thing. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. They'd be like, let's, and then they'll like link to articles from no, like it's, No, it's, it's uh, to- about it's, the Stark it's, family. It's, it's clapping in between each word. the first war he started. Tony Stark yeah. is a war criminal. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> On every, like, fucking morning post, yeah. every graffiti. <laughs> yeah. We hey, but you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't want to talk about <laughs> that. We don't want to talk about <laughs> no, no, Of course not. Of course oh, not. His name was the true hero. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, uh, Jerome. So, what do you think is age the worst about the character? That's a tough one. I, I like. I really struggled to find an answer. The closest thing I could come up with was, uh, just because of how much like a lot of his quips are reliant on a lot of pop culture references. Like those don't really hold up as well. Um, and also, once you have a character that just has like so much emotional layer to them, like the the snarky Tony um, Stark earlier on i guess doesn't hold mm-hmm. but again that's like i'm just being nitpicky at that point just to answer that question what a wild answer you're saying his like kind of douchiness doesn't age well i just want to understand no, like more of like the specific like when he's like <laughs> well, making the a Nitz lot of, doesn't like, get his pop culture, culture references anyway references. so so yeah no i didn't get any of the pop culture yeah right, right. I, I honestly so wonder Nitz, like, how how do you deal with the fact that they yeah. reference the movie point break like 10 times I literally right. found out no, for I was today years old when I found sure out what that is. Sorry, you're also breaking up, so I'm so sorry if I'm talking over sorry. you. No, no, no. But I was today years old when I found out Iron Man has a lot of cultural references. Like they like don't click right, for right, me because right, right, I can't right. I can't even remember that they happened because I probably Rick's a great movie by the way. It's really no clue what that is. Like Keanu Reeves plays an FBI agent who goes undercover with surfers who rob banks. It's great. Um, I played trivia recently with some friends from my old company and they had a picture of Keanu Reeves. And literally the question was, who are the actors in these pictures of these movies? And I couldn't get it. So thanks. But like, (laughs) no, I'm good. Um, Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I understood. I get, but you were also saying that his snarkiness didn't age as well. Was it I mean, like, I, I generalize it as that, but mostly I'm specific uh, talking about the pop culture references. The snarkiness is still fun. Like, a lot of his quips and humor still like holds up well, especially in the later movies. Yeah. So, how about you, Nitsan? Is there anything that you feel like the character has done that hasn't aged well? I mean, I think. Uh, obviously pop culture references that I don't know. I'm sure it didn't age well, but um, I agree mostly with Jake. I think like you watch some of those movies back now and you're like, it, I don't know if people would uh, be able to attach themselves to the Iron Man character if that movie came out right now, because we have like, I can't even explain the difference in the in cultural communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since like in the past 12 years, the, like the conversation around, war and like it's changed so much like can you mm-hmm. have that movie come out now and have people be able to attach themselves to it just because it's a comic book hero probably because yeah. i think most people understand it's fictional but also like maybe not um i just think the franchise as a whole like the brand is really strong but it aged the worst in terms of rewatchability i think iron I man 2 and yeah like they're good movies iron man 2 and 3 i just um they don't make my rewatch list almost ever because I don't think they're as good, even though Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic in any, like anything he does. Right. Can I ask an important question that I think we might be split on? What 
I want everyone to answer what between Iron Man 2 and 3, which one do you think is better? AC, what do you think is better? Iron Man 3 is better. Jerome? 3. What did you say? You were on mute. 3. Oh. Uh, Nitz? I think 3 is a better movie. Yeah. I'm more likely to rewatch 2, though. But... I agree. I agree with I think 3 is a better movie. I mean, I'll rewatch 2. I think there are elements of 2. I like the beginning of 2 a lot, like where he's yeah. in like, the courtroom and stuff like that. I mean, where he's in the Senate hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, the I privatized World Peace, which also, by the way, age terribly <laughs> but uh all of this yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's the last thing in the world i want to do but um yeah so i think that yeah i think that that's a good point because i think people lump together iron man 2 and 3 and it's funny because iron man 2 and 3's problems are com- they're both not great but i think they have suffered from completely different issues like mm-hmm. they're not bad in the same way anyway yeah the iron man franchise really like you're right because both of those movies are like Iron Man three is just not a superhero movie. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's right. more. It's a movie about the guy's yeah. psyche. And... What is happening? What is that uh, sound? AC's mic's freaking out. Just keep going. Oh, I didn't know if yeah, that was just on my end or not. Because yeah, that's me. AC, can you be? Yeah, I'm I muted him. Um. Yeah, you're right. So Iron Man three. Personally, you guys tell me if you agree or not. I feel like the issue is that it's not really a superhero movie. Yeah. It's a really good movie about his psyche. That's about it. Iron Man 2, the villain's kind of lame as hell. That's the worst. They cast right? Mickey Rourke uh, after The Wrestler, despite the fact that Mickey Rourke hadn't worked for like 20 years because he's one of the most difficult, horrible people to work with. And he basically gave no effort. And like Iron he... Man 2 exists in a time where you're still not confident that Robert Downey Jr. can carry it. Exactly. Yeah. Where you, have to, you have to cast the, the, like, the big 80s guy who's having a comeback. You need to... Because like, mm-hmm. the Marvel at this point doesn't cast based on like heat anymore like they don't try to get the guy who's like really popping anymore thankfully because that's not how you cast a movie well um but very clearly they were like oh we need mickey work in this movie which is crazy but you know what they did for stunt stunt casting that's the other thing too what are we saying this what no you're saying something no wait what do you mean about stunt casting because i think i'm gonna make the same point well just in that um a lot of movies before especially like on the villain end uh sometimes they would get just like the big actor or actress mm-hmm. ahead of like necessarily one that fits the character mm-hmm. because, because like at the same time too this is coming at a time where comic book movies are not considered profitable so you have mm-hmm. to kind of put everything in place to make it succeed mm-hmm. yeah i think i was gonna say i actually felt like marvel didn't do that at the beginning with the villain you're right i think that they yeah. did it more for the villains less for like the actual guys carrying the franchise or the sure. movies mm-hmm. but um with Doctor Strange, I would say that was my biggest issue is we went from guy you just met to guy with full power in one movie. So the mm-hmm. way that they kind of, they like just cast a big name guy, Rachel McAdams or whatever her name was, was the love interest for I mean, 0.5 yeah. seconds. I, I, I she does nothing in that movie, but the whatever her name is, is truly one of the most mean things you have, I've ever heard you say, Nitz, and I've heard you say a lot of mean things. Rachel but I'm McAdams also bad with names. Wonderful. That's not fair. I know. No, believe me. I, you, can check, you can check my tweets as I was watching it this weekend. I said that Rachel McAdams, I feel so bad for her because how little she's given to do in uh-huh. uh, Doctor Strange. And that's, I mean, that comes part of the problem is I think that they start uh, that I think instead of stunt casting, they start just casting every role with someone who they could feasibly have for five movies rather mm-hmm. than, you know, just casting the right person. Anyway, though, uh, so, uh, visiting the chat yeah. really quickly, Aaron Williams has commented his suits, his suits have aged poorly, which uh, what I don't know what fashion. So, I was say, I did a... Poorly? As in, uh, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s fashion sense, I'm assuming. But I... No, his Iron Man suits, bro. Oh, his actual suits? Yeah, I'm like, sure that that's... What... I guess so, yeah. Well, he. I disagree, Aaron. 
yeah, that's like saying, yeah, that's like saying that the like cars age poorly because the Model T is not as good as like uh, you know a Ford Focus. I mean, if that's uh, what we're talking, yeah, yeah, that, that, that like of course the suits were bad <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Also, I was rewatching. Um, oh my god, this is such a weird tangent. Sorry, I was rewatching the Harry Potter franchise. That's and no. no, no, no. I mean, the point is that um, I felt like the visual effects with the MCU back in the day aged a lot better than the visual effects in a yeah. lot of movies. Um, they, I remember John Favreau made a concerted effort in the first one to have a lot more practical effects built in, and I think usually mm-hmm. when you have something like that, uh, where you don't rely on the CGI technology to improve over time, like you kind of see it, like you you see it actually done pretty decently, like it holds up okay. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Nolan? Yeah. see. Yeah. Do I sound better now? Yeah. Great. You good? Oh, okay. the thing about the effects, though, is that it's you could it's because the practical effects. Because one of the movies I did I did watch because of the marathon because uh, I because there's fifty dollars behind it was the Incredible Hulk and, and the yeah. effects in that are not great. Like they're not ter- they're not like abysmal. They're not like some bat- movies from back then. But <laughs> I see the fake yeah. Newtons making. <laughs> we don't fucking acknowledge the Hulk. Uh, if someone doing? donates $50 for charity, I guess I do. Uh, <laughs> Y'all can donate a million dollars right now. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Y'all want to donate a million dollars, I'll acknowledge the Hulk. But that doesn't count. My point being that, like, it, it's clear that they had a very good idea of what they could and couldn't do. And even as the movies went on, I think they used more and more CG, which on the one hand, it's like, you know, I don't love, but also it's like, it's clearly because the CG allowed was better and, you know, it's it got to the point where they didn't use these practical effects, but like they blew up half the shit they blew up uh, before. Cause I mean, it's was widely known that Iron Man was largely improvised, except mm-hmm. the fact that they basically outlined the script. I mean, they outlined the story so they would know what stunts in explosions set up. And then they kind of would just improvise the dialogue around that. So mm-hmm. they spent so much money in the explosions um, that clearly they, you know, wanted it to end up looking, it, it had to end up looking good, I think. Mm. But even when they did finally step away from that and go into the visual effects of it all, I never felt like they overdid it with Iron Man. Like the biggest visual effect that you have is like his interface that he Mm -hmm. sees when he's in the suit, which helps give us an understanding of like how he's interacting with Friday, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Right. Was it Friday during Iron Man? Friday's the second one. Yeah. Jarvis then Friday. Was Jarvis still, yeah, he still had Jarvis in the second. Did he have Jarvis? Yes. Yes. Jarvis all the way till Age of Ultron. Yeah. Age of Ultron is when he gets Friday. That's when he becomes Vision. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, But even then, like they really, they just have those like effects on him, mm-hmm. which you could see in a car yeah. today. And I feel like it's never like too. Well, over but the the big new effect though, is that when they, when he newer versions of the suit, a lot of the, uh, like obviously like the nanotech one is yeah. CGI. Yeah, and then a lot of sure. others, a lot of times when he's doing action sequences, parts of the suit will be fully CGI because they, it's, they can't build a yeah. metal suit that is that flexible. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of times you'll see shots where they'll be on set and he'll be supposed to be in the Iron Man suit, but he'll be wearing the CGI, like the, you know, whatever, right. the jumpsuit or whatever, um, sure, just yeah. because they, they wanted to have a fuller range of motion and metal is obviously not in real life where it is at in the MCU with Stark Industries. They have much yeah. better iron and metal. So he built It's actually game. pretty cool to see it, um, the behind the scenes of Endgame after the movie, seeing how like all that stuff is shot. It's actually pretty cool to see see all the suits and stuff um but i know i had gotten derailed before with my sound so uh let me let me just continue on um most rewatchable solo movie which is kind of like i feel like that's an easy question i feel like yeah. would everybody say the first iron man 
Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we the next question at that point. There's yeah, no I was like, I don't even know if the other thing. two are rewatchable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Iron Man two is just not good. Um, mm-hmm. Iron Man three is good until a point, and then I will leave it there. It's just not uh, a superhero movie. We've like hammered this home. It's a good movie, but it is not a superhero movie. It's a so, like, I mean, it's a good movie to a point. That's what. That's that's it's, my. Yeah, opinion. if 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 you replace a lot of the lore with just like random stuff. It's like a fun Shane Black action comedy, which I think, you know, yeah. I'll take any day of the week. The problem is that, you know, it has all this baggage of being a superhero movie. Anyway. One thing okay. I'll give to Iron Man 3 that, like, kind of makes it very comic-y in terms of the character is um, Iron Man kind of, like, he's known for building a million suits all the time. And that's really the only film where you see them all in action. I think usually you see, like, he has one mark, then the next mark, then the next mark, not like a million just there so i thought that was always like a cool scene it got played for a little bit of a different effect but um that was the closest that they got to kind of diving into the comic book character and how he would build a suit for everything like Mm -hmm. before it used to be kind of like the concept of it wouldn't be an all-purpose thing but like this one was like big and lift things and this one would like go underwater and this one would do all this like i think that was just a very dated way that they looked at it in comics before Mm-hmm. But um, that's like the closest they got to addressing it. So at least credit to that film for doing that. I feel like in general, too, they really did show Iron Man wa- working on suits a lot, like throughout yeah. the thing. So when yeah. he all of a sudden came out with like the nanotech suit and when he was able to like just grab the stones in that way and put it like all of that made sense because he's been working on these suits right, to keep right. revolutionizing them for space for over a decade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. Um, okay, so next category. What is your favorite Iron Man scene? Now, remember, this can take place in any of the movies that the Robert Downey Jr. slash Tony Stark characters appeared in. Um, Nitz, I'll start with you. Shit, I forgot to think about this one. Mm. Favorite Iron Man scene is so difficult because he really is good in all of them. I have like three, but then like it could probably expand out to others. Uh, Jake, do you have one? So I don't. Um, I, I don't know. I, I there's a couple. I mean, my favorite scene with Iron Man in it is when he first meets Peter Parker. But uh, I think that that's more about Peter Parker no. than it is him. So that wouldn't be my favorite Iron Man scene. Um, it's a bit of. Uh, I, guess, I mean, like, I guess it's about then equally. Uh, yeah, it's. Fair. I have that on my. I list. really like the scene yeah. with. I really like the scene with him and Cap in Civil War where, with the pens where he's trying to get him to sign the yeah. chords. I think that that's really good because you see um, just the way that uh, that there's something so fun about watching him ask for something from someone else because clearly that's not where he feels comfortable. And I think that that's where he's most vulnerable, that he's super vulnerable in that scene in a way that he obviously always tries not to be. Um, but yeah, and obviously a lot of the obvious ones, like, you know, uh, billionaire playboy philanthropist one. But I would say that the, those first two are the two. The two in Civil War are ones that I think about the most because they're, they're such a developed version of the character. And they're the character that I recognize more than the one from even the first Iron Man. Um, so yeah. How about you, AC? Well, oh, for sorry, me... Oh yeah, did Nitz even go? No, because I had to think about it. Did you figure... Did you got one? Mm-hmm, I got one because there's okay. a fucking ton. I just want to be very clear. There's a ton, like him hugging Peter Parker um, in Endgame as soon as he sees him again for the first time in five years. And Peter's like, oh, and you're right. But again, it's more so, it's not even more so about Tom Holland. It's about the relationship between mm-hmm. the two that we've yeah. come to like just enjoy mm-hmm. so much. Um, okay, so then the other two, which are like very Tony Stark, I'm just going to go with one, is in the first Avengers, they're fighting. He's been working with Bruce all day on trying to figure out the 
Tesseract? Scepter? I haven't watched Avengers. And yeah, they're trying to Scepter. track down the Tesseract. Yes, you're right. Oh yeah, uh, they're using the scepter. They're up there, and then he's kind of like poking fun at everybody, and then he gets into a big fight with what's his face, Captain Captain America. America. I'm really like nailing this mm-hmm. recollection of the scene. Thanks, everyone. But uh, that one was great because he's like such a douche in that yeah. movie. Still, mm-hmm. that's a great one. How about yeah. you, see? Okay, so like there's there's true. Um I thought the I thought the end of Civil War with him and Cap was just that's as good as it gets. The battle me. scene or him getting pissed? All of it. Like I'd say from that moment on that he gets pissed and asked uh he says uh, bullshit Rogers, was it you? Right, um, right. From that point on till the not only the battle, because I thought it was the most personal battle of in the MCU's history. Plus the ending of it, where he just had to get the lines off at the end, where he goes, uh, "What you call it? Uh, my father built that shield for you. You don't deserve it." Just like the whole, the whole thing that was really, really cool. Um, I think a very underrated scene is um, him versus Thanos in uh, Infinity War. That was because that was on my list too. Yeah, that's a, a brave. B that's the that's the best Iron Man suit I've seen in the movies. Um, just tremendous in terms of power and everything else. And um, I mean, even though it, it just was so hopeless for him, he just kept going. He just kept going at it. Until, no choice. Yeah, Did yeah. anybody else think that was when he was going to die? Because I know a lot of us went into Infinity War thinking one of them was going to die. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought, it, I mean, getting stabbed through the chest is, um, you know, right up there. Yeah, it's being uh, pretty close, you know? No, that was wild. <laughs> um, no, that, yeah, so basically everyone named uh every, so the queen i had three uh queens scene with peter parker i love that scene um probably just as much because it's spider-man uh the thanos fight i definitely uh have that up there just because every bit of paranoia every bit of good and bad decision tony makes throughout the whole uh time before that leads up to that exact moment and you and it just like from a battle standpoint it's just brilliant because you actually feel for a brief moment that he has a shot. Like he's throwing haymakers and he's getting the best of him out of everyone so far. Like he, he looks like the same Tony Stark that outsmarts everyone and he does, but Thanos is just that motherfucker. So at that point it's, there's just nothing that you can do about it. And then it leads like to the whole point of like him actually dying, the shock of that. I don't think between infinity war and Endgame, there's actually really any point um, that like, doesn't feel as uh gut wrench i get well sorry peter parker disappearing but like just that stab i just remember the silence in the theater like yes 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 um the last one that uh just um i had on the list was the cave escape in iron man one that is a really good one yeah that's a classic yeah absolutely like i think that's the time where like he just doesn't have the advantage of all the uh oh yes the i was just like is Jake like cutting yeah. me off? Am I about? To- I realized. <laughs> I realized as I was doing it. I'm like, I am not doing good scene work right yeah, now. No, no, I, I got it in the end there. Um, but yeah, no, no, that one. Uh, Nis was talking about how like the effects kind of hold up. Like that was one that definitely like relied on a lot of practical effects. So I think when you watch it back now, it's still just like a really astonishing scene to uh, watch. Um, outside of I think like when he flies out, most of it seemed like without just like additional stuff to touch it up. Um, it's pretty practical and yeah, it's just a really cool scene. Yeah, yeah. What about when he, cause we didn't mention this one. I think his 
best scene, definitely not my favorite scene, is uh, when he's yelling at Cap in Endgame. That was the most oh, yeah, like that's a really yeah, good that's, that's a good, good scene. That's a good, yeah, very good. Yeah, good think, point to mention that. I think for the character because I know we want to do a couple of different ones. Like Iron Man's going to be the one where a lot of our scenes that we love from him are not even action scenes, which we mm-hmm. won't necessarily say about a lot of other characters. <gasps> but hey, you're right. You're right because the character in like he was a very powerful character, but in and of itself, he's not like as exciting as Thor is with either... Um, His fighting's not as visually arresting as some of the others can be. Right. Exactly. Um, thank you, because I was about to totally mess up saying them. Mew, mew, mew. Mew, 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 has a hammer. But, <laughs> um, but so one of his best action scenes, then, I would say, is when he's coming down in... It's Ultron. I think it's Ultron. He's coming down to fight Loki and he takes over the PA system and he plays oh, his music. Avengers. Yeah, the first Avengers. That's the regular Avengers. First yeah. event, I'm really messing up all you over did. the place today. Yeah, first Avengers. And he like lands down and it's just like, that's a great, but that's not even an action yeah, scene. He tests out his suit for the first time and like goes and actually like, that's a really good scene. When he's I messing up all the cars? Yeah. 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 So. Okay. All right. Scenes for you. All right. Yeah, a lot of good scenes. Um, let's move to favorite line. What is your favorite RDJ Tony Stark Iron Man line? I think I need to get this off before they they steal mine. Let's go. Go ahead. Because this is mine, bitches. So, I am Iron Man is the best line because which one? I mean, that's that's the point. Okay. Both because. They, and no, okay. If I really exactly, <laughs> it's off the table. If I really had to um, pick, it would be the last one. Okay. But the fact that, like in the first Iron Man, he's just coming out with like who he is. He doesn't really know if he wants to say it. He's partially doing it for the attention, like in the end of that press conference. But then you have it in the end when Thanos is like, "I am inevitable," and he's like, "Yeah, well, guess what, bitch? I am Iron Man." And then he dies, and he says nothing after in that present either. Than you know, they do a little bit where he's leaving something for his daughter uh, and they show that after, but that's his actual last line. Right. So it just like wraps it all up beautifully. I wonder if they like had like an extended version of that scene where they cut the tension like entirely where Thanos is like, oh, you had said that in that press conference when I was watching that. <laughs> like, that's pretty clever. And then like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Thanos uh, has a whole internal, you know, DCU would have done that. Um, also, I <laughs> I have to go find the source for this because at this point I'm having the craziest vivid dreams. I don't know if what I'm knowing is real or not anymore. But uh, does anything exist? Who the fuck knows? But they said that they did actually have some lines for him after, and RDJ was like, "Nope, that's where it's going to end." That's that's really possible. Yeah, because like when you because uh, there are a couple of deleted scenes that got put out there. Um, definitely when he dies like they have mm-hmm. a larger like it pans over everyone in reaction to it on the battlefield so yeah, everybody kneels yeah 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 Weird. because like the national anthem's playing in that moment <laughs> <laughs> um they're a woke series yeah yeah uh what's your favorite line okay like it's all the they're all the obvious ones so um this is a I'm just honorable mentioning because again, like, yeah, by all means. Uh, so I just enjoy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Earth is closed today. You better pack it up and get out of here. Um, 
mostly because like we talk about all this times like he kind of like has been prepared like this isn't his first alien attack at this point like he goes in he has nanotech he's just confident as fuck he didn't get stabbed yet by thanos and like when like a gigantic spaceship comes down and like think about all the different versions of robert downey jr along the way that has been like paranoid again and like struggling through it and thinking about the end game and all this and he's just like he was just biding his time for someone to come up and be like bet and that was it like you, you like he wasn't that person when they first attacked he was he has ptsd for when they first attacked but mm-hmm. when that happens there like that's yeah that is classic tony stark being like very um snarky about something but it's also mm-hmm. like this guy this guy's sure he's gonna fuck you up and i like that <laughs> how about you jake so I was just making sure I confirmed the wording. Um, it's in the scene in Spider-Man Homecoming where he's talking to Peter after the ferry uh, incident. And he says, if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve to have it. Which I think is something Great also line. partially that could be about really him too. Line. I also like the thing he says earlier, the way that RGA delivers, no, 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 zip it. The adults are talking. I love the way he says that. Just because there are no other adults, like I just love the way he says that. But anyway, yeah, if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve. you shouldn't have it in the first place. I think it's lying. And that's, I think... I think in some regards, that's like very, obviously very true about Spider-Man, but I think that if he were having a moment of honesty, he would probably think that at that point he didn't deserve the suit when he first started having it. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, there was a, cause I think he knows from experience because he wasn't anything with that suit for a while. And I think that that's why so much of his crisis uh, I mean, really was. A lot of the bases of Iron yeah. Man 3. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even trying to be against Yeah. Yeah. Um, also a really good line, by the way, for like real life. I know it's going to be super corny, but the first time I deleted my Twitter for an extended period of time, I was like, you're nothing if you're nothing without your suit or whatever. And I thought about that line when I deleted it because you're like trying to prove to yourself that you're more than like, listen, I'm like backing away from the camera. But that line really does have some real life application. For sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> this, the, suit is, the suit can represent everyone's like respect for years. And if you're not then... Maybe you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing without your oh. followers. If <laughs> so, really, what I told yeah. to myself when I deleted and made a new burner. Right, right, right. <laughs> Anyways. All right, AC, what do you got? Um, yeah. So, like for me, I thought, and I think about this like in retrospect. Um, in Endgame, after he dies, um, and he leaves the message behind. Uh, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. And I think that right. could kind of like apply to like. A, and everything. I felt like it was so metaphorical. Like, you could just not only apply to, obviously, that um, in terms of his character being around for so long, and obviously the, the death in the movie, but um, I think you could apply that anywhere yeah, philosophically. I, at least I like to think that way. And um, um, I thought his, I think Jake mentioned it, his speech, his general speech to Peter was just great. Um, and the, the whole fairy scene was just tremendous. And um, I'm always going to love that cap scene at the end of Civil War because you've got the personal, you've got the, like, you've got, like, that that anger, that, that, that almost, it, like, dark anger. And I think that I was actually just thinking about when you were talking about earlier about how, you know, talk, talk about his relationship with his father. Something that's so fascinating about Cap is that even though, like, the actor is younger than RDJ by, like, 15 years and, like, is – he obviously, like – he's obviously, like, 90 years old. But technically speaking, he's younger he represents his father though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think so much of why, and I don't, I don't think that they, the writers fully 
delved into this by the time when they first when they no when they first wrote Avengers, I really don't think that they were thinking about that. But I like how it eventually becomes clear. Like he's part of the reason he has bristles with Cap so much is because he thinks of he remembers his father talking about how great Cap was, and at the same time he remembers his father being disappointed in him. Therefore, Cap represents his father not being proud of him, and I think that that's such a such an interesting way to use honestly like the conceit of someone being frozen in ice for 60 years that that yeah. actually is like an actual consequence of it but i think that that's no, uh, that like it's a constant reminder of his childhood trauma as it were um and that's why i think it's even more powerful than when he really lets cap in and his, his brother is his friend that not only did cap betray him he betrayed him with knowledge of his father's death. It just it's so loaded in ways that I think yeah. so interesting. Man, that's such a that is such a good point because it's like it's funny because you think about like earlier when they're doing the whole pen scene, uh, mm-hmm. when uh, and and he's talking about I used to hate you. And he says it so flippantly, yeah. but I think he really meant it. Yeah. Um and I think, yeah, to your point, they probably could have gotten into that a little bit more. And there's a part of me that always felt that I wish they hadn't I wish they hadn't delayed the Cap Tony um, meet up all the way mm-hmm. until Endgame. I would have liked to see yeah. something a little bit more in Infinity War because I felt like those two characters are just so synonymous with the franchise and mm-hmm. and that story itself is because I think the story leading up to Civil War is kind of like the thing that kicks it going to Infinity War and Endgame. It kind of makes it um, explosive enough to where the Avengers are broken apart and all this other stuff. So yeah, I think you could have done more there. I'm good with them not meeting up in Infinity War actually just because like i think it adds the weight of their divide at that moment like if Mm -hmm. they link up already and then not succeed there i think like they need to fail apart before they can figure out that they had to do yeah which was a running theme during the movie point is that they they failed because they weren't together yeah Mm -hmm. um right i mean in ultron literally when he mentions and i'm so sorry if i'm talking over you guys please no you're not no you're not go ahead because it's like breaking up and i I know but you're really not though you're really uh, okay, so um, in Ultron, when he mentions Endgame, he says, like, we're going to fail together. Like, that's the Endgame. Yeah. It's like, it's when they yeah, drop yeah. the name of the movie, they knew that was coming. You know, they keep hitting on that. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we need to be together to actually succeed. And then even in that scene that we mentioned where he yells at him in Endgame, he brings it up again of, like, where were you? Yeah, yeah you like, said we lose together, but where were you? Yeah, Exactly. Like, sure. they yeah. really hit that one home as hard as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. So I did like that they failed and we didn't even know if they were going... Like, we knew that they would have to reunite, but we didn't necessarily know how they would mm-hmm. um, until Endgame came out. Exactly. I have uh, one last line just in the same theme of uh, when aliens attack and Iron Man uh, reacts. Uh, I think this might be the first version of it because it happens early in Avengers when Thor shows up. Doth mother know you wear her drapes? Such a good one! Um, Shakespeare, good in one. Shakespeare in the park. Shakespeare in the park. Now, what about also another one I was just thinking of uh, when in Infinity War, when, Hulk, when Bruce Banner can't turn to the Hulk with Doctor Strange, he says, come on, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Front of the wizards. <laughs> uh, Ooh, what about in Endgame when he says, up until a second ago, I thought you were a Build-A-Bear? Yeah. <laughs> There's just, he just has nothing but heat, honestly. Oh, good. He's just, it's, it's great. He just got great lines. So to Doctor Strange, uh, what do you do, build balloon animals? Now, yes. honestly, I swear to you, Nitz, I, I think, I know you love Iron Man. I think you would like him even 10% more if you got his pop culture references. Because they actually oh are really gosh. good. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're, they're really good. Yeah, they're really I'll good. get them eventually. My, like, uh, the point break reference is great. The point break reference is great. 
I'll add it yeah. to the list. Is that a movie? <laughs> yes, it's yes, a movie. It is. It's a movie. Okay. <laughs> is that a movie? Oh, Wait, okay. 1991. It? It's a movie. It's all good. All right. Oh, it's all good. So, all right. So, like, we'll, 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 we'll end this show on, on this topic, which it was something that I had a little trouble thinking about when I came up with the question. I was like, why would I ask this question? But I'll ask it anyway. If there was one thing that you could choose to change in terms of character arc or story for Tony Stark, what would that oh, be? Oh, be for or, Tony? It has to be for specifically for uh, Tony. If you would change one me. thing, if you have the ability to be in the writer's room and change one thing, uh, Jerome, go go ahead. Actually, I'm going to let Nitz go because I think she's oh, yeah. got like a bit of a shorter timeline than I do. Go yes. for Nitz. Yeah, I have to go. I'm so sorry. But um, I would say that my biggest qualms with Iron Man as a character and Tony as a character is that, um, again, like his franchise is the weakest. And I think it's a little bit unfortunate that like a lot of the Captain America movies were made like an, another Avengers, not most, but a lot of the Cap movies were made like another Avengers film. They were super exciting. The action scenes were a lot better. And then even Ragnarok, that wasn't necessarily like another Avengers film, but they leaned so heavy into the comedic talents of Hemsworth that it's just like a brilliantly entertaining film. They could have probably done that with Iron Man. I'm, I'm sure that the writers were talented enough to- plays into like some of the mm -hmm. weakness of the character, like originally, that okay. was never like on the tier of a Thor or a Captain America from the comic standpoint. So when you start kind of sure. from there to make movies out of it, it maybe doesn't hit as hard. Um, right, yeah, but if you're looking at his like comedic but if you're looking at his comedic performances, they don't they don't necessarily like his strongest ones don't necessarily come Fair. in Iron Man two and three. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like they really did lean into the comedy with Ragnarok, and I feel like if mm -hmm. they could have done that in one of the Iron Man films, but I think I like I just the Iron Man three, but like it just leaned more on like sarcastic than goofy comedy. Yeah, and that was a dark it's a darker movie, right? right. So like it's hard to rewatch it constantly. Um, that's really the only thing I would have changed is I like, I really do understand why the dark psyche movie needed to exist for mm -hmm. Iron Man. I just like, am not a fan of it, like being a waste of an entire solo film. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Uh, Jerome, how about you? Um, okay. I guess like I didn't really have it specifically to the character, but I would have just wanted more Justin Hammer. Interesting. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of Sam Rockwell and he like he had such a small role compared to actual villains in it. Like I don't need I don't need the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 if Justin Hammer can be the adversary basically doing most of the same stuff. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I think that it's just like I think it's a combination of both like substance abuse stuff and like competition with other people, but I just want to see the negative side effects of his life from before. I don't even need to see him currently in the middle of a tailspin because I think that it's like from the, uh, the beginning of Iron Man, he's kind of on the up and up and then he has PTSD in Iron Man 3. But like, I, you kind of just told a lot that he's like a playboy who's acting responsibly. But like the worst thing that he implied to do is like, go out and like gamble and drink and have sex with women, which is like all those things are just fine <laughs> unless they're done like excess. Like, I just, I think that he actually isn't, self-destructive in a way that I think that the big movie wants you to believe that he's, you know, that his immaturity really doesn't seem to be hurting him that much. He's a billionaire and he can, you know, basically get whatever he wants. 
And uh, I think that the movie wants you to believe that, okay, now his life's actually fulfilling. He's getting actual things done. Like, yeah, but his life, he really wasn't hurting himself that much beforehand. And I think that there's a darkness in Robert Downey Jr.'s actual life that they didn't need to recreate exactly, obviously, but that I think that I would love for them to, I don't know, I, I just want it to be a bigger deal that he used to suck a lot. And they try to do that in Iron Man 3 with mm. Guy Pierce's character being a guy he scorned or whatever. But like that's just him being like a normal CEO, not him being any particular brand of bad person. Um, but would it yeah. have been believable if they took him from like, because he was already in some sort of depth. Mm-hmm. Let's say you like really push that to the depths that Robert Downey Jr. was in. And then to where he ends up as a character saving the universe, do you really think that the- No, I don't think we need to go that far down. I don't think we need to go that far down, but like- we really don't see what other than his life isn't actualized. We really don't see why it's the worst thing in the world that he acts the way he does at the being Iron Man one. Like, it's not like he seems perfectly content to keep doing that. And I almost want like there to be actual serious negative consequences in his life because of it. Even if he doesn't acknowledge them, it doesn't have to be like my life sucks. Now I need to be Iron Man. I think it needs to be like, he still needs to be in denial about his life sucking, you know, but uh, I just I just wish it wasn't as simple as because I think that part of it is that the movie wants you to be like see he just drinks and hooks up with Christine Everhart you know and now they're his life's so empty he's not his love his life is right in front of him wow he's not living great but like Goop. he could keep doing that if he wanted to and his life probably wouldn't suck so like I kind of wonder what would happen if you saw him you know we're not just staying up late but drinking a ton and yeah. you know miss like having his business get hurt because of his behavior and stuff like I think, that I think doesn't he get super fucked up in iron man 2 and then yes, literally gives up his yes, company yes, to yes, pepper yes. pots yes i think it would be really interesting if we got even just like iron man 3 in a later phase when they mm. started figuring out these movies because that's think, true I, I think what kind of hurts a lot of these two is like they were still figuring out early like yeah. iron man obviously is the first one and then uh iron man 2 um is, comes uh, in between the movie that Nitz doesn't acknowledge and Thor. I was about right. to say, <laughs> watch it, buddy. It comes so early. <laughs> he that, shall not be named. Uh, that, like, again, both of those are almost write offs. Three comes after, like, it's a phase two movie. Is that right? I mean, it's three? Yeah. Yeah, it's the first one after Avengers. Right. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that's probably, and, but, but I, again, that's at a time where, like, He's the biggest character. You need to rely on that. He's the moneymaker. Um, it, it, yeah, it would just be kind of interesting. I mean, at that point, he does become like a cameo in a lot of other ones, but like a very like big part of them. But I think that's maybe how you would, could have gotten like a better Iron Man film. Like you just make it later on. Mm-hmm. I agree. And with that's that... true. Wait, was he the la- was he the first franchise to finish them? Because Ragnarok yes. didn't come out until the very last phase. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By a by a cute log shot. So Iron yeah. Man three came out before uh, Incredible Hulk Winter Soldier and Dark World. That's crazy. Yeah. Like his yeah. franchise was essentially finished, and he was set up to just be a cameo in a bunch of movies. I think that Robert Downey Jr. just didn't want to. They probably didn't see the same returns in getting him to do a full extra movie rather than just, you know, get paid $20 million to do five days on Spider-Man. If I did, yeah. I guess, is probably... But it's also stronger in terms of, like, keeping the universe intact. I was trying to yeah. explain someone being like, what would make DCU universe? I'm like, I don't know. It's callback to characters. It's feeling like we're living in the same world on the same timeline that we understand has a history yes. and culture and whatever. Yeah. 
And Iron Man is such a big piece of that, that putting him and they sprinkle him like fucking Twitter chefs do with parsley. You know what I mean? Um, I do have, okay, since, I mean. That was an elite joke. Thank you, Macy. Um, Since we're doing a live uh, on this, we actually did get a question. And it's, if you do need to run off, like, no, no problem there. But Andre Barrera uh, had uh, asked the question, if you could switch two cast member roles, who would you pick? So basically, but like two cast members across the MCU. So you can like say like Paul Rudd is Iron Man and RDJ is Ant-Man. Like if you could switch. Right, your tongue. But like as an example. Is that the phrase? Yeah, as yeah. an example. Yeah. No, I got what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Did I get the phrase right? Fuck yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Um, um, great question, Andre. Shout out, Andre. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, good one! That's a good one. That's good. good one, Jake. I'm trying I'm to. Still, I'm stuck on I'm this still one. Thinking. I'm trying to think. Damn, Andre. He, 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 he stopped me. I, I'm, I'm trying to think about that. Uh, damn, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> also, so. reference. You're two for two. Hey, that was hey. a. I understood that reference. There you, go. You, you know what's funny? I was gonna say I was gonna say um, Chris Hemsworth and uh, and Chris Evans, but then we would get like a Captain Britain, <laughs> like they're like well, the actual Captain Australia. Oh my god! No, can you imagine like Chris Evans doing the comedy guys. for? What'd you say, Jerome? It's just like swapping two jacked white guys. <laughs> yeah. Like... No, except Chris really Evans do, doesn't have the comedic comedic. The comedic I think that Chris Evans can do comedy. I just don't think he can do the same type of comedy as Hemsworth yeah. can. Yeah. He's also yeah. not like it's Whoa. very. They have very, very, very different personalities. Even though they're both buff white guys, like mm. they, I ha- think I, there's. I don't know if there's a single role that I in any movie that I think both of them could play, even though they're both mm-hmm. jacked and like. But Chris Evans just has so much more of a waspy energy, and Chris, uh, like, it makes so much sense that Chris Evans is the trust fund asshole and knives out, whereas like Chris Hemsworth would be the pot smoking cousin who wants nothing to do with the money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's just completely completely different energies. Um. I really have to think about that question. That is Shit, the guy question. that played uh, fuck, what's his name? I got you. Uh, he's in your thing. He's in. He's in. Jerome's oh, what, Terrence, right Howard? Oh, Terrence, Terrence Howard. Oh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard and the guy that played uh, Falcon. Whoa. Terrence Howard and Anthony Mackie. Yeah, that would be so funny. I thought you were going to go wild like Terrence Howard for T'Challa. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, Terrence Howard is like Mbaku or something. That- it, it, that would work. I mean, the less people Terrence Howard needs to interact with, because mm-hmm. no one who's ever worked with Terrence Howard has ever said one good thing about him. If you, if you <laughs> so, replace all of like, Baku's barking with just him saying Mane? Exactly. Mane. 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 Well, vegetarian is Mane. He's going to make that video as soon as this is oh, off, basically. Just, Anyways. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. It's love you. Right, Thanks for easy. coming back. Take it easy. Have a good one. Please meeting already. All right, I feel like we can uh, wrap it up now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just, just wanted to say this because I never, I never actually answered the uh, the question. Um, what was the last question? Oh yeah, the changing the character arc. So let me just say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all changed the Iron Man rogues gallery, if we changed the villains, and also if we didn't do the Mandarin thing, think of how good it would be. And that's it. I got no more. Yeah, I think okay, the Mandarin straight wait, up. Wait, 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 oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Wait, what are you going to say, Jerome? Did, no, did you just make this question so you can get this off? Of course I did. <laughs> That's all? Like, that was the whole point of this? 
<laughs> no, no, no. But like, um, yeah. do you have something like? Because the Mandarin's an obvious. Like, that's an easy answer. You no, if you else? did the real Mandarin, no, I get that. I get that. But like, be. but I'm just saying, like, if you do, you have like any other kind of? Because like that is the like that'd be the <laughs> obvious answer for it. Like, based. I'm just wondering if you have any other kind of. Um, um so, so I thought actually, um, uh, what you call it, Jeff Bridges' character, the Ironmonger. I thought that was really well done. Um, okay. I think Whiplash is played by somebody else who, yeah. who tried, probably. Right. Um, yeah, probably I, Whiplash. Yeah, it, it like it just that could very easily be a good character. But I have a very. I think I mentioned this before. I have a very strong feeling that they cut out a lot of Whiplash stuff because. Mickey Rourke was so bad. Like, I think that there's a lot more to his character, and I think they just had to get rid of so much of it because he just is... It's embarrassing to look at him, honestly. Not in... I don't know. I just... I'm just so anti-Mickey Rourke in the movie. Every time I think about his, like, you know, bloated face with the toothpick in his mouth typing, it's, like, so stupid. Bird. Bird. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) But, yeah. But, yeah, like, um... I mean, even... Even, uh... What's his name? The 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 dude who played Altrich Killian, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, yeah. There, there we go. He's miscast. I like Guy Pierce. I don't I think, think he's, he's good a in that role. Actor than like yeah, that allowed him to be. Yeah, I think if you did, like I said, like most of it is just um, he, they have to ugly him up so much. Oh my god! Yeah, I think it, that it they, was, they poorly cast both those roles. Problematic. Pretty, how much? Yeah, they did. They <laughs> definitely they did. did. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that I'm trying to think of, the guy. Like, I just wish that like the Guy Pierce role were played by someone who, I don't know. It just, it's it's. There's a certain thing in a movie like that where you see another actor in it when he first comes on screen and like he goes into the uh, the stuck offices. You're like, okay, the only reason an actor this handsome would be not the lead in a movie is if he's the villain. So therefore, he's the villain. Like, there's no like it just clearly he's in this movie. He's the villain, and I think that that is. That's I, I just wish it was more um, underplayed because the thing with the Mandarin is like the Mandarin fake out, even if you accept that it's going to be a fake out, the fake out doesn't work that well because the entire time you're wondering, okay, how is Aldrich Killian involved with the Mandarin? Right. Exactly. By the way, there was a comment in the chat that uh, this is actually for Nitz. Rudy D says about Terrence Howard playing Mbaku that too Terrence Howard skin? is too light skin and people yeah. would have a fit. So. Yes, they definitely would. <laughs> they definitely would. And and on that note, um, want to thank Nitz for joining us tonight. Um, that was uh, that was really fun to have her back. It was a treat. Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely, one hundred percent. Jake Christie, where can we follow you, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jay Christie. Listen to my other podcast, The Definitive List, which is a podcast I haven't updated in a while. Uh, you know, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I want to once again thank everyone who donated to uh, the charity drive I had. Um, uh, yes. You know excited about how that turned out um and if i ever do anything like that in the future i'll let you know i obviously would like to because uh i completely pulled that out of my ass on a thursday night and raised a lot of money by the end of saturday so uh yep (laughs) jerome where can we follow you sir uh you can find me at black dragon roll uh thank you to everyone who actually tuned in and watched this that was Mm -hmm. really cool um I think we're probably going to try to do this for the remainder of our retrospectives. Do you think so? Yeah. 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 Not a bad idea. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, at Black Dragon Roll, uh, and uh, if you find me, I guess. Hey, hold on a second, Jerome. You do, you've been doing some uh, Count the Dings uh, uh, stuff, some athletic producing oh, stuff. Yeah, so tell us yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I've been working for the last uh, week and a half with uh, Prim Seripapat on her show, uh, The Next Chapter. 
Um, it's so the original premise of the show is she like her being a former athlete as well. She talks to other athletes and people who've worked in sports um, and their transition uh, into life after sports. And as a pivot from that with everything that's coming happening right now with COVID-19 and the pandemic, uh, it just, it kind of was like a natural um, stretch from it where every like sports has stopped. So she talks to everyone and their life right now, uh, now that sports is halted and she's been doing these shorter form uh, podcasts through Skype, um, Skype calls. And I've been cutting some videos for it. So uh, check the athletic check Prim Seripapat and uh, yeah, you can see some of my work there. Yeah. Yeah, continue continue success uh-huh. to both you guys, and of course, and of course, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight Nine Five. Um, count the Dings Patreon. Become a Patreon subscriber. Support Do the Count that. the Dings Network. Become um, one in the next fifteen minutes, and then join the Count the Dings After Dark. Right, that's coming up very shortly. And yeah. um, one of the things I do on there is I'm a part of the TV book club with Anthony Mays, Eden Liu, and Jay Coy. Uh, we had a Better Call Saul recap come out today. I'm so behind uh, on that show. I've actually not seen an episode, but like, I hear it's really, really good. I'm a big it, bad fan. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tremendous. And uh, we're actually about to recap the finale very shortly. So so, uh, so looking forward to that. And obviously, you can follow Nitz on Twitter at, at Nitz Love, but y'all kind of do that. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know that. That's yeah. like saying, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but uh, that's like, you know what? I can't even. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example like that. I'm try, I was trying to like make. Remember when there was the joke where like when Kanye had Paul McCartney on his song, where people yeah. were making the joke of. Yeah. Well, I say it was a joke. A lot of older people thought that people were being serious. Like I can't believe you discovered Paul McCartney. That's like us with Nits. That yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking like, it's like BJ Armstrong walking around and be like, "Oh, this is my teammate, Michael Jordan." Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> right there. Yeah, for sure. And right. um, and obviously follow us on Twitter. Um, follow us on Twitter, the show account, MCU University Podcast. Uh, no, just pod. MCU University Pod. I always be forgetting. But um, yeah, nonetheless, check us out there. And um, I'm sure we'll be back soon with another mm-hmm. retrospective on one of these characters. Hell yeah. I bid y'all adieu.